Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, today we are continuing the conversation about spiritual evil and we're looking specifically at the topic of demons. Now, if you listened to yesterday's episode, we talked a little bit about what demons can and can't do biblically speaking because there's quite a lot of misinformation and Hollywooding out there that just has painted a very unrealistic picture of not only what demons can do, but what their goals even are. And we talked about how generally their goal is to undo and attack the creation order, to undo what God made and called good. And they do that by attacking people and by taking them out of fellowship with God. So I want to, again, focus on demons and what we can affirm biblically, plus what we can know about them and how the Jews thought about demons in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, because there's some interesting uh, facts and, and tidbits there as well. So as far as the Bible goes, just what we can get out of the Bible, we do see that demons are focused on individuals. Whenever we see demonic activity in uh, the Bible, we see that it is an individual person that is either possessed or oppressed by a demon or demons. We see this in Matthew 8, in Matthew 12, in Matthew 15, in Matthew 17, in Mark 7, and in Luke 4. These are individuals who are being attacked. And that's an important thing to affirm because unlike the fallen sons of God, which we looked at on Monday's episode, who are influencing people on a spiritual uh, level nationally because that is their delegated authority demons have relatively very little authority Uh, that does not mean that they are somehow uh, not dangerous or not uh, powerful because they certainly are but i just want to put in perspective where they fit into the overall hierarchy of the the kingdom of of spiritual darkness. So demons are, as we looked at yesterday, closely associated with certain physical maladies, uh, things like blindness, deafness, muteness, lameness, seizures, things like that. And, And as we said, really, you would do well to just ignore the Hollywood demons uh, that we see portrayed because, frankly, there's just so little in common with what the Bible affirms about these beings that uh, it's just not helpful. It's just not helpful. In fact, um, if you know what the Bible really teaches about demons, some of these horror movies about demonic entities can actually turn into almost uh, pseudo-comedies because of just how ridiculous it is. Uh, So as I said, they're relatively low ranking compared to the other evil beings that we've looked at uh, this week. Um, And they are in the New Testament synonymous with unclean spirits. In fact, they're often called unclean spirits. And it really is quite important for us to stop and ask more about that idea of, of unclean how. How are they unclean? And Uh, Part of this gets into some very fascinating uh, Old Testament connections and also gets into the extra biblical uh, context of how the Jews thought about demons. So 
if you go back to the Levitical law, there are sort of categories of uncleanness. Um, not only is there moral uncleanness, but there's also ritual uncleanness. And a lot of the the prohibitions that God placed in the law for the Israelites was not necessarily moral in nature. There were uh, these sort of forbidden mixtures uh, that were forbidden because they would have associated Israel with the practices of the other nations, the Canaanites and so on and so forth, who worshipped other gods. And so to avoid those connections and that uh, that networking, God forbade these practices. So you have a category of uncleanness that is associated with, as I said, forbidden mixtures. So I want you to keep that in mind because when it comes to spiritual beings and humans, is there anywhere in the Bible where you can think of a time where there was a forbidden mixture between the spiritual realm and the human realm. Well, if you guessed Genesis 6 and the sons of God going into the daughters of men and producing the Nephilim, I think you'd be right. That is the kind of forbidden mixture that the Jews associated with demons. So I want to I want to draw this out a little bit more. Demons are associated with the Nephilim from Genesis 6. But wait, you might be thinking, with the Nephilim were they were physical beings. They were these mighty warrior kings. They were uh, they led the nations against God. The Nimrod uh, in Genesis is, is associated with one of these. Og in the conquest period is associated with one of these. Uh, Goliath is associated with uh, the leftovers of the Nephilim in the Bible. And these were physical beings. They're not spiritual. Well, you're right in a sense, but remember, if they were the offspring of this sort of uh, mixture, this hybrid of spiritual beings and humans, there's an interesting association in the Old Testament where you start to get this crossover. So in the conquest narratives, when Joshua and the people go in to wipe out the Canaanites, they target specific groups of Canaanites and they pass over others. Why do they target these specific groups? Well, it's because they are associated with the Nephilim. They are the ancestors of these giant clans and they go by different names, the Emim, the Zazumim, the Rephaim, the Anakim, so on and so forth. Well, the Rephaim, which is one of the names in the Old Testament for these giant clans, the same word Rephaim is translated shades in Isaiah 14.9 and in Isaiah 26.14. These are beings in Sheol who are basically there in the pit with the devil. So follow the thinking here. The Rephaim are uh, now in Isaiah, they are dead Nephilim, dead giants who, as a byproduct of what they are, they're not fully human. And so they go into the pit. There is no salvation for them. They were an abomination, an aberrant line of creation that God wiped out because he did not create them. And so they now are in Sheol, in the the realm of the dead. Rightly, they belong to Satan. And so these shades in Isaiah are now sort of these spiritual beings in the afterlife who don't rightly have a place anywhere else. And so now we're crossing over into sort of the extra biblical thought. But in Jesus's day, 
demons specifically were considered by the Jews and and by many in in that realm to be the spirits of dead Nephilim. And while the Bible does associate demons with the gods in the Old Testament and with fallen angels in the New Testament, remember that angels are just a job description and that anyone performing the function of an angel could be said in that moment to be an angel. An angel is not what you are, it's what you do. That there are ways that we can sort of accommodate both of those phrases within this view. And so, if nothing else, it's a very fascinating idea to think about that demons may be the disembodied spirits of these dead Nephilim, these dead hybrid uh, creatures from the... Uh, Old Testament, way back in Genesis. And uh, in any case, speculation aside, I, I do want you to know that regardless of where they come from, whether they're fallen spiritual heavenly beings or the spirits of dead Nephilim, with any spiritual being, even Satan himself, the devil, the New Testament affirms that we have the ability to stand firm against any spiritual darkness because of who we are in Christ. So I hope this overview this week helps you uh, with regard to understanding spiritual beings along with last week and, and to just give us a broader overview of what the Bible actually teaches and says about these spiritual beings. Hope you'll join me next week for more Fruit Snacks. 